When I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist. Now, I am one. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. My guest today is Nikolai Pardielli. The Los Angeles-based creative excels in creative direction by using his practices in photography, design, and videography by always putting his touch on each project. Pardielli has worked with artists such as Wallows, Quincy, and Pixel Terror, and has worked with other creative projects like Hotpoint and the Luna Collective. Most recently, he's been on the road with Wallows as their tour photographer and behind-the-scenes videographer, highlighting their moments on and off the road. Whether it be photo, design, or branding, Pardielli is able to tap into a variety of creative pursuits for his work. Pardielli also creates music under the name Aleas Park, bringing in a variety of sonic elements to forge his unique sound. Pardielli is always up to something and continues to raise the bar for himself and his peers. Without further ado, welcome to the pod, Nikolai. Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. How have you been? Good, man. How have you been? I am very excited to have you. It's been a minute since we've caught up, so it's this is a real pleasure. And we always... Yeah. And we always on this podcast start with something that's recently sparked our curiosity. For me, it's the movie Palm Springs on Hulu. And I've seen it now three times. And I still discover new things even on this third time that I didn't see the first time around. But what I think makes this movie so special is on its face, it just seems like it's going to be a silly comedy with Andy Samberg. But from all creative aspects, I think this movie really excels. Like from the cinematography, it's just it beautiful shots, but also homages to things like The Graduate and other movies I love. From uh, the actual content and script perspective, yes, I won't without spoiling anything. Yes, it is a little similar to Groundhog Day, but like it, um, it it has its own unique twist on it where like I've seen Groundhog Day and I still feel like this is something different and cool that I'll always come back to. And also like for an art house movie that did very well at Sundance, it's also really easy to enjoy for a mainstream audience and it's pretty accessible. Like it actually gives the audience, I think, the benefit of the doubt that you can catch up with what's happening, but it's not rocket science. So I think that that can be really hard to find is that that combo of a critically acclaimed movie or TV show that anyone can enjoy. And I think a lot of a lot of the the shows that you see get nominated for an Emmy or a lot of the films that get nominated for an Oscars, they feel like so like they can be out of touch for most of my friends. But this seems like something that my family and my friends, like we could all have a fun time watching. And it it just is filled with a lot of artistry. So for me, this is something where I've come back to it a few times now and each time I'm like, wow, that was a brilliant twist or like, I really admire how they wrote that or how they shot that. So for me, my, the thing that's recently sparked my curiosity is the movie Palm Springs. Yeah, dude. No, I actually, uh, I watched that movie without knowing what it was at all. I just like saw it on Hulu and I was like, oh, and I, I love like anything to do with time, space, time travel. Yeah, like, yeah. Watching that movie, it was so on point. And to see the like development of the character psyche, like throughout like being in that kind of 
predicament always fascinates me because they have all the time and no time at the you know yeah. I, I don't want to give anything away we yeah it's, it's hard later, it's like, yeah it's hard to talk about this movie without giving stuff away but just I, I totally agree with everything you said and the character psyche part is super fascinating i just i feel like i can't i can't say more otherwise i'm gonna give stuff away <laughs> yeah yeah okay okay but overall i agree the movie was so good um yeah, yeah for me honestly there's been a few things that have been kind of catching my attention. Uh, but I guess the one thing that I kind of invested in was I, now that we were talking about it is Umbrella Academy on Netflix. I remember I watched like the first season when it came out, I think last year and it ended on such a good cliffhanger. And then they just released season two. And I realize like this always happens, but you know, you'll see something on TV and then you go look it up and you realize it's a book or a comic or something like that. And so I went and I ordered all the available comics too, because I wanted to like compare, I always like to compare and contrast how they adapt for TV. So yeah, I mean, now I just finished the third comic. It's really good. That's dedication, man. Reading, reading all those. That's pretty cool. I once heard a comedian say that anytime I read after the first paragraph, I think to myself, wow, I'm reading. And that's that's how I feel whenever I open a book. I feel that. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, the creative side of things, I want to get into your process a bit. And you have your hand in a lot of different fields, but just to focus for a moment on your visual style, both in photography and design, what how would you describe your visual style and what goes into that for you, into creating that style? I think I've always been obsessed with trying to capture a feeling or a moment rather than, I don't know, just like a concept or an idea. Like I prefer people to be in the moment and not necessarily direct them or pose them because when people are, po it just feels so inauthentic or not, not very genuine. And uh, I kind of came to that conclusion while we were in school when I started using like point and shoot cameras and I would just bring the camera everywhere and I would just, I wouldn't tell anyone I was going to take the photo or anything. I would just like pull out the camera and just snap, you know, take it. Um, and that kind of like developed my style and my technique over time. And it's kind of just like... Uh, I've asked like I, I've asked certain people when they're like, oh, I like your photos. This and that. I'm like, what do you like about it? And they're always like, oh, I feel like I'm in that moment with you or with those people that you took the photo of. And so I always kind of aim to catch those authentic moments. So that's that that's fascinating because as a photographer, you found quite a niche in in being on tour and, and capturing moments on tour behind the scenes, which is one thing. You've also done photo shoots too, right? Right. So that's a little more staged. And I'm curious, like, I, I do want to get to the tour and behind the scenes in a moment. But when you're doing a photo shoot where it's more staged, how do you how do you take that approach of I want this to feel in the moment and not staged? How do you take that to a photo shoot, which is by nature a more structured situation? Well, so I think that when it's quote unquote more staged, it's it might look staged, but it still isn't. Uh, for example, I've been taking photos for uh, the Luna Collective, which is the magazine that was mentioned in the intro for about two years now. And the way that I've always taken the photos uh, with any of the artists that I 
take the photos of will go on a walk or like have kind of a space or an environment. And when they come in, we discuss things and kind of just catch up and get to know each other because I don't know them usually ahead of time. And once we kind of, you know, develop a little bit of a rapport, I kind of refer to the space and I say, okay, like what, what do you think is cool in here? Like, what are you feeling? And I let them consume the space a little bit. And then depending on how much direction they might want, I give my input, but I mostly wait for them not to be fully posed or fully like ready for the moment. Rather, I look for those in-between moments. Mm, That's interesting. And I feel like that, that approach you seem to carry with you when you're on tour as well. Like just looking at some of your photos, the, when you talk about capturing in between moments where people are like not necessarily on guard, but they're not completely unprepared. I think behind the scenes is a great example of that, right? Like you are with the band right before they're about to perform, for example, like they're hyped, they're ready to go do a show, but it's still like an intimate moment. And then even when you're out there, you know, you're capturing audience members in very specific, vivid moments. Can you talk about how on the flip side, like when it's a situation where you don't have the control, how do you find the moments? Right. So, or for the tour photography. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually interesting for tour stuff when there shows, I, I, I prefer to shoot film and a lot of the behind the scenes, like off camera, not off camera, but like not performing moments. I do shoot film, but when the bands or anyone I'm taking photos of is performing, I usually use digital because of the light settings and so forth. And because I'm using digital, I can actually shoot a lot more photos in a moment, um, which allows me to get those, uh, you know, in the moment moments. Yeah. And speaking of film, what what advantages do you think film gives you? So digital, you just mentioned, gives you the ability to like quantity. Right. What do you think? What what do you gravitate toward when it comes to film, shooting on film? Well, so film has taught me how to see the moment and get the right photo. So I don't have 2000 pictures to go through at the end of the night, which also does apply to the digital, even though I know that I could shoot more. Um, and so I like film because of its scarcity. I know I have 36 photos, 24 photos, and that's more or less it unless I put in another role. And I have to, if when I take the photo, it has to be the right photo. I don't really have an option to take the wrong one. And that's Mm. what I like about it because it forces me to see and be focused to capture uh, the the exact moment that I see and that I want to take the photo of. And, And when it comes to film specifically, is there like a certain brand or a certain kind of film in particular that you like to use? Yeah, I've been using Cinestills film a lot. They use a motion picture stock which is really cool. Um, and that often leads to like really cool colors and texture once the film is developed. Yeah. So film, film and the camera and, and, and you know, that, that all seems like obvious things you're going to take with you to a gig. What other kind of preparation, whether it's mental or physical or equipment, what else is going through your mind before you're going into a show? Um, well, since I also have to film, I usually, I want to stay as light as possible because if I have too many cameras, you know, there's only one of me. So if I have too many cameras, then it becomes too hectic and I'm trying to decide, do I take a photo or a video of the moment that's going on, which is usually the hardest call I have to make because there are so many moments that would be good as both. 
but I have to decide, do I need it for the video or do I have enough video and I can get this photo and we can keep it. But before shows, I'll walk around venues. I'll make sure that I know all the security so no one tells me, um, like, no, you can't be here. Who are you? What are you doing? Because there are other photographers that come too. And usually in a show, you're allowed to take photos during the first three sets and then you're not allowed at all. Um, but since I'm usually with the band or the people who the show's for, I get to take more than just the first, I can photograph the whole set. And so I've had times where I've like almost been dragged out of the pit or yelled at and <laughs> I, yeah. And so I had to learn like how to <clears throat> articulate that I'm like ahead of time and make sure that I'm, I, it's known that I'm supposed to be there so I can stay focused. Um, and then also just like knowing where I can get cool angles and different things that are unique to certain venues and stuff like that. Do you have any specific venues that you especially enjoy shooting at? No, not off the top of my head, like specific venue, but I will say any venue with a photo pit is ideal because when there isn't any space, like there's no way I'm pushing through a crowd of so many people who are so excited to see them because also for me, my job is to be invisible. Yeah, I can, I have to take the photos, but also like I'm not, I can take the photos every night. And these kids only get to see them that night. And I'm really conscious of their experience. And I don't want to disrupt it or take away from it in any way and ruin that for them. Because I know the value as a concert goer as well, that seeing someone live can mean the world and change your whole life. Have you found that as you're capturing these photos, that they also are influenced by the persona of the artist or the band that you are photographing or have you found that you there they tend to be pretty consistent with a style that you've curated for yourself I think it's a combination of both I always talk to uh the artists that I work with to see kind of where their head's been at recently and like maybe I'll go pick up some different gear or some different film cameras or something to accommodate their style and it's just fun for me to do that um, but it's it's always a collaborative effort. I never try and over, uh, you know, push my aesthetic on someone else unless that's what they want. And tour photography is one one component of the collaboration you do with artists. But you've also done album art and music videos. Could you talk about kind of like the 360 collaboration with an artist and maybe some of the pieces that go into music videos or album art that are unique to those situations? Yeah, I mean, depending on the extent that I'm working with the artist, it, it it really, it just differs from project to project. But there's definitely been situations where I work with the artist from start to finish. Um, and I'll, you know, we'll come up with album artwork design, photos, video, and like make it one communal effort um, so that the whole image and experience is, is, is one. Um, and usually the way that works is I'll have my own ideas and then they'll have theirs. And I try to pull from, you know, as much from them as possible because it is their art. And my job in that situation is to to give my experience, my expertise and, you know, creative opinion, but also to help bring whatever vision they have a, like to life as well, um, because it's not fully just for me, you know, even though they're bringing me on. I still see myself as like a, I help them to bring something to life versus 
like, okay, yeah, we're going to do only what I say and you don't get a say in that. I think that that's not as fun for them and it's not as fun for me because it's it's not fully about me. Um, but with that said, that's also led to, uh, you know, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but the reason why I like making music so much is because I get to do that whole 360 process for myself and understand it a little bit better, which also lets me help. Let's, it helps me work with, with other artists. Um, yeah. And so all in all the, the process, it usually just starts with a phone call or conversation. And then I pitch them a few ideas and then we talk through them and then we just build it outwards. But the steps, like the building steps really depend on the the project and the person and what they want. So, I mean, I'm curious, like, because I know I, I have a good sense of your photography and I'm wondering, was graphic design something you picked up after photography, like as you were in as you were editing and stuff? Or was it a parallel passion that kind of grew on the same track? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been doing photography since I don't know, I was a little kid because uh, my, my mom always had cameras. My dad had cameras. I still shoot on my dad's a one from the seventies that he ha- had and like use his tripods that are like super old, but that's what I use. And that's what I've always used. Um, and it's funny the the design and photo elements did develop together starting kind of in, you know, like really hit home, like middle school. I had some really, really good, good teachers, uh, who always, it's funny. I had, <laughs> I had an art teacher who was one of those art teachers. that was like, super strict. This is how you have to do it. This is the only way you have to do it. And then you know, she went on maternity leave. Um, and this other art teacher who really, I really helped push me to be who I am was more all over the place. Like, yeah, do whatever you want. You have this crazy idea, like go for it. There are no rules. Like this is art. Like who cares? Like do whatever you want. Like here's Photoshop, here's Illustrator. And then it really started, the graphic design stuff started uh, when I, I was just doing drawings and someone was like, oh, you should put this on a shirt. And I started like drop shipping shirts on Zazzle um, of my drawings. And then that kind of turned into like a business in high school uh, where I made all this like different clothing and like had a company briefly for like clothing and did the marketing and YouTube and all these different layers, which involved the photography, involved the video. And I think... Now that I'm saying it, it kind of, that was like more or less where all the things started to connect. I was like starting to understand how you have to use everything to build a brand. It's not just like, oh, I take photos or, oh, I take video or, oh, I design this. Like you have to know how all these things interlace with each other because everything works together in unison. You know, if I take a photo, then that photo should also have a video attached to it. And then that video, the design elements should also all line up and be this one consistent image. And I started to realize that too when I was researching bigger brands and like, you know, you see how, it's funny, the first brand, clothing brand that I really researched how they functioned was the hundreds. And like, I understood how they would work with other people and then they would do blog posts and, you know, my favorite thing that they they had on their their blog or their their FAQ page was like, do not ask us for anything. Don't send us designs unless it's a box wrapped with hundred dollar bills. Maybe we'll take a look at it. Otherwise, don't don't do it. Um, it's it's funny because 
when I was in school too. When I was in high school too, I would always like do photos and videos and like when we go on trips, I would I would take videos on my GoPro and like my friends would want to film music videos, I would film them. I would bring my camera everywhere. Um I had other friends who wanted to take photos and we'd all just like do different things. Like the way I learned Photoshop, me and my friend would video chat on uh, you know, iChat for hours and just like make photo edits of random things and like I'd watch YouTube and stuff like that. And then when it finally came came time for like college, it's like, oh, okay, I don't know what I want to do. I guess I want to do graphic design and photography. Uh, that's what I like enjoy the most. I don't want to be a business major or a PR major. Like this seems like a, not fun for me. And so I like put together a my portfolio. And it's funny because my portfolio was um, random videos I took on like trips to Krakow and Paris and stuff like that. And then like photos that I had taken of my friends and then my uh, clothing company. And then it was funny, I my, my dad has like a kitchen appliance company and he does these shows uh, in Chicago. And I would go with him when I was younger and I'd help him sell to all these like buyers from the Midwest and stuff like that. And like, I'm this, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old kid from LA and I'm trying to talk to these adults and they're not really listening to me. But I was always thinking like, how can I help improve his, his showcase so people are more interested when they come. And I designed this and like built it like this miniature sculpture of his, his, you know, booth. Um, and like, put that in there. And then I didn't know how to draw. I literally did not take a single art class in call in in high school before going to college and I was like they're asking for these 2D 3D designs and <clears throat> I just like again I was like oh YouTube time for YouTube like let me like go see how someone else is drawing and then I just went to the art teacher and I was like hey I want to apply for art school I don't know how to do this so here's my drawings like can you critique me on this can you give me guidance yeah I mean what strikes me is it seems like the through line in a lot of your creative endeavors is you always had the initiative. And even if you weren't sure like where it would take you, you started and there are resources out there for anyone to get started. So you took advantage of that. And then you, you found the right teachers and people to help you, you know, get progress and progress and progress. And now you have all the, you have your hand in all these different verticals, which is super exciting. And one of those verticals is now music. So could you talk a little bit about how, know you decided you want to be an artist yourself and what that process has been like creatively for you you know from songwriting to the production of beats to getting in the studio and then you know the the visual stuff as well yeah so that started also in like 10th grade 11th grade 10th grade uh two of my best friends uh alun and aria uh shout out alun aria hey um they they were always so into music. Like, I remember seeing Aria in our quad and he was like on Ableton, just like, it's like, oh, I have to learn how to use this. Like everyone's using this. Or there was also a lot of different parties and stuff that alone with DJ, which was awesome. And he would always be showing me new music or showing me things he was producing in FL at the time, which was really tight. I do have to say also my friend Aaron, uh, when we were in college, we just sit and like learn Ableton together and make the beats for fun and and... Yeah, the, the process has been a lot of like 
asking questions and learning and then doing what I've always done YouTube and just trial error and, and, you know, doing everything in my power to, to make the best thing that I can make. With songwriting specifically, how do you, how does it come to you? What does that look like? Where are you writing your lyrics down? Give me, give me the scoop on the songwriting side. So at first I was really like, oh, I got to write it down. I got to think through it. And I took like a more technical approach to it. But I realized that while I was writing things down, the flows and the rhythms got a little boring and repetitive because I would just find myself rhyming so much. And I, you know, I had different people critique and help me too and like guide me, but I always get my influences from different things I listen to. And then honestly, I try not even to listen to too much sometimes. Um, and most recently, the way I've been making music is I've honestly like stopped writing things all together as much as possible. And I'll just produce a beat and then I will try and just sing or rap or say whatever I need to say in that first session and get all the ideas out. But I find that by just like doing it on the spot and getting the ideas out at once and not like over preparing the idea is more effective. And then sometimes what I'll do is like, uh, I'll be like, oh, I like the way I rap this in this song, but it fits more with this production. So I'm going to just take this and move this here. And I just start mm -hmm. creating all these moving parts that I can kind of interlace with each other. Um, and most recently too, with my song, Been Busy, which just came out, and then the song that will be following it called Open Mind, I make sure to connect certain key points. Um, like Been Busy ends, I, I say, I got, and then Open Mind starts with, I got too many things that I want to say, been too busy for so long, got plenty more days. And so it's like I bring in certain words to kind of tie it together. And that's kind of what I'm looking to do right now is like bring in elements from the past releases into the new ones. So it like, even though it's not necessarily an entire project, the singles connect and the narrative connects. I like your delivery right now. And it gets me thinking like, did you take vocal lessons or was it just something where you sat down and you play around with how things sound and go from there? Yeah, I've definitely spent a fair amount of time learning how to use my voice and incorporate it into my production. Um, and it's definitely come to a point that I'm more and more happy with how my voice is being incorporated, but it definitely didn't start there. You know, there was a lot of moments growing up where um, I would participate in activities where I'd have to sing or perform. And uh, I was told that, oh, maybe you should talk your lines instead of sing them and stuff like that. But that never really stopped me. Um, and I just have constantly been trying to push myself to get better at what I do. And I've also been fortunate enough to have good people around me to critique and guide me and teach me things um, rather than just like having to look on YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah. And as helpful as YouTube is, it's kind of like I've heard this analogy a long time ago, I think from a personal trainer where it was like, yes, theoretically, an athlete could qualify for the Olympics by practicing using YouTube videos. But the more common approach is you get a trainer or you get people who can actually help you hone those skills specific to you. And I've, I've been grateful where I think I've had a similar path in terms of writing where it's like, I'm also early in my writing career. I recognize that like, I have to be good before I can be great. And I'm not even saying I'm good now, but I recognize that there, there are steps to, to getting there. And, and part of that is it just takes time. And in the meantime, what I can do is, you know, soak up everything from the more experienced people around me. So I've been lucky, like, I got to co-write an episode of a show and the person I was writing with has like almost three decades of experience writing. 
And so when I would struggle with something or I felt frustrated or I was like, hey, I'm so sorry you had to rewrite this part. He's like, dude, you're doing great. Like I have 27 years more experience than you. <laughs> you can't compare it to me. And and he just gave me like bite sized things that I could work on. So it's like this is how to write an action scene. This is how you write a fight scene. And of course, me trying to write that, even with that formula, I'm not going to be as good as someone who's done it for that long. But the fact that I now know the formula is like steps ahead of from where I was yesterday. So I'm I I'm I feel that a lot too in in the process when it comes to writing for me. And you know, before we move on to like fun rapid fire questions, I have a couple of things I do want to ask, which is firstly, like when you if you if and when you find yourself uh, in a creative rut or just seeking some inspiration, are there places you turn to or people you turn? You mentioned your friends, but are there kind of sources for inspiration that you like to come back to? Honestly, I, I'll usually have just like a lot of like wild ideas on my own and then I'll Google or YouTube how they're done or if they've been done at all and try and figure it out from there. Um, you know, sometimes I'll end up scrolling through Instagram for a while, even though I prefer not to, or I'll hop on YouTube and like dive down. And I, I mean, especially during this time too, like there's a lot of people who are making really awesome content and, you know, talking about how they do things or what they're doing at the time, because there's not a lot of ways to connect with people right now. Yeah. That's, that's been a blessing just to be able to not only have more people share, but also the benefit and the luxury of having the time to, to sit for a moment and, and see like, oh, that's how this person does what they do, which is super cool. And la the last thing I, I'm curious to ask you before we get into like the fun rapid fire ones is if you have, you know, autonomy over your week and obviously life happens, things come up. But if you have autonomy over your time, how do you like to structure it creatively? Like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, what is like the optimum creative day look like for you if there is one? Recently, what I've been doing is I kind of just I wake up, I read a little bit and then I go pick up like ice green tea, lemonade and some snacks from Starbucks. And then I'll just come home or go to my office and I'll sit all day and I'll just do my list. Like I have a list and I just work. And then throughout the day, though, like I'll jump from the different things I need to do. Like I won't necessarily work on one thing the whole time because I know I have more time to do it. So once I feel burnt out from that, I'll move on to the next thing. And then just depending on where my energy is, because uh, like sometimes like for music, you know, I'll be in the car, especially in the car, I'll like be listening to things I'm producing or making if I didn't write to it yet, or I kind of got the idea and I'll just start, you know, freestyling to myself. And then I'll either just head straight to the office or studio and like, or home. And just lay it down as quickly as possible and like finish the idea if I'm feeling the energy. Yeah, I, I the ideal day is just like staying focused and not getting tired. If I could just not get tired ever, it's <laughs> so amazing because I would get everything done. Easier said than done for sure, man. So you mentioned the Luna Collective, which is a magazine you work for. And I'm curious, can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved with it and the creative process behind it? Um, yeah, so I got involved, uh, one day my friend Sophie, hi Sophie, uh, emailed me asking if I would wanted to photograph, um, some artists for a magazine that she was starting. And then from there over the past two years, we've worked very closely together to 
uh, photograph a ton of different artists and I've helped her with different design elements um, here and there throughout the past two years as well. Um, and usually the process for that is, uh, you know, me, her and I will discuss um, what we might want to do with the artists and find different locations and stuff like that as well. And then we will meet up with the artist and kind of just either walk around or utilize the location uh, best as we can to get different, like different types of pictures and stuff like that. Um, and one big change that kind of happened over the past two years is for cover features, we started shooting medium format as well, which has really upped the uh, crispiness of the photos, which has been a lot of fun. And if people want to check this out, can they find it online or on Instagram or both? Where can people check this out? Yeah. And so if you want to find more information about uh, the Luna Collective Mag, their website is thelunacollectivemag.com. And then if you wanted to find them on Instagram, it is Luna Collective Mag on Instagram. And there's a lot of awesome photos and new photographers and things up there as well. Perfect. That's great. Before we get into the rapid fire, is there anything else about your creative process that you feel like might be beneficial to somebody who's pursuing similar passions? Yeah, if if you want to do something, don't over plan for it. Nothing. Just just go do it. If you want to go take a photo, go take the photo. If you want to make a song, try and make the song. And just know that like anything you make today will always be better tomorrow. And just keep trying and keep going. Don't give up. I love that. And I'm totally a fan of move an inch forward every day. You're not going to like move a mile, but just move an inch forward. And that streak, that streak looks pretty nice a month, a year, year plus later. It makes me think of like Jerry Seinfeld. I've heard this story. I mean, I, I don't know where, how true it might even be, but I, from what I've read, he has a calendar that he keeps on his wall and every day he has to come up with one joke and it could take him five minutes. It could take him five hours. It could take him the whole day. But he puts a red X uh, once on the on that day on the calendar once he has come up with the joke. And what he says is like, once you have a streak going, you don't want to end that streak. So every day he's coming up with a new joke. And like the big inspiration is just not ending that streak, keeping that streak alive. And that's Jerry Seinfeld. Like he's arguably one of the best to do what he does. And even he is committed to moving it forward every day, which I think is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. The only way forward is, you know, one step at a time. Yeah. So we'll wind down with some little rapid fire questions. Firstly, what's an app that you can't live without? Uh, I could honestly live without all of them and be okay. No, I'm serious. I don't, you know, call my landline or something. I like that. And then who would you like to play you in a movie about your life? I don't know. Johnny Depp would be pretty entertaining. <laughs> I feel like he would do an entertaining job with anyone's life. I'd be especially curious to see him do Nikolai Fardielli's life. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one skill or ability, what would it be? I think I, I would want like control over space time, you know, because then I, I really would. I would just be able to like have, you know, control over time, which would be tight. And like, I'm always running around so if I could control like space and time and I could just like pop to different locations and like do what I need to do without having to drive in traffic and what's a song that you like to jam to 
Yeah, I've been listening to uh, All We Do For Love by Benny Sings a lot in the car recently. Really like that one. And lastly, where can people find your work and follow you on social media? Yeah, if you just look up Nikolai Party, pretty much on everything, N-I-K-O-L-I-P-A-R-T-Y, you'll find me on Instagram and Instagram. My website is NikolaiParty.com. Uh, if you want to find my music, it's Elias Park, E-L-A-I-S-P-A-R-K. And it's Elias Park on YouTube as well. Um, and also Elias Park on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And if you're listening and you'd like to learn more about the pod, you can check us out on Instagram at HDYDPod. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me.